Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Defenders of the Bank. I am your girl Panda here and alongside me to my right is the beautiful... Scarfette. Hey everybody. And of course also to my right... Sweet home Amy here. And that's because we're sitting in a circle. That's right. That's right. (laughs) That's amazing. So yeah, so today we are recording the episode to give you the recap of the Women's World Cup win that happened today against the Netherlands. Yeah, and what are we calling this episode? We are calling this episode, Can't Dutch This. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Can't Dutch This. No, 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 no. No, no. It's a very exciting moment for us. I think we're all riding a little high. We've had a whirlwind 24 hours recently, and we're going to start by kind of just giving you a breakdown of all the things we've done in the last 24 hours. Yeah, and to start off, we're going to let you know we are not recording from the world-famous Villa Monster Studios in Burbank, California. We're actually recording from stunning San Gabriel. Where are we, Amy? We are in San Gabriel, California, or otherwise known as our farm yeah there is a farm we are currently in the presence of chickens oranges corn stalks there might be a cow almost every vegetable you could think of yeah we looked for the cow we wanted some fresh milk yeah yeah cows are probably coming unless i can stop adrian from that (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna have have a a feeling that could end up in my in my backyard at some point hey we need a one-stop breakfast shop back there so i I say bring it on yeah but we do we live in san gabriel california in the city of san gabriel but we have this beautiful backyard that adrian has completely redesigned and we have a lot of self-sustaining abilities now with our chickens we have our own eggs now we have vegetable gardens we grow our own vegetables we are (coughs) riding a little bit of the struggle bus myself especially i think right now because i am not on the struggle bus bus right now how are you on the struggle bus you had two sips of coffee you should be bouncing (laughs) off the walls because you don't drink caffeine and for some reason you thought it was a good idea to have a red bull at the fields and then turn around and drink like three sips of my coffee just now so I was a little tired and that's because we spent all day yesterday at least 14 hours at the bank oh we got there at 9 45 a.m folks oh my gosh so so long spent the entire day there tailgating of course our defenders of the bank tailgate and we had our stars and stripes pins we had our pride pins our original pins we sold out of the panda pins we did yeah if anybody wants one yeah definitely reach out to us because if there's enough interest and you guys do we will definitely place another order for them but that was really exciting to see those go but we do have plenty of other ones available for purchase and I love the Stars and Stripes pin. It's always appropriate to wear that pin. So Absolutely. So we had some fun yesterday. We went back to, of course, Phil Monster Studios last night with the guys, and they recorded their episode. Hopefully you guys have had a chance to listen to that. Really fun recap and good episode for recording it around midnight, which put us all home and in bed around 3, back up by 6.30 to get to the bank to go and watch this wonderful game that we're about to recap for you guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, you wake up at... I think it was six o'clock this morning. My alarm went off yeah. and it was yeah. it was a kind of a struggle. You felt it a little bit. But let me tell you, once you got to the fields where we went and watched this game, we're, I was so happy that I was able to get up and do it because the atmosphere was fire. You guys, I don't know if you saw the picture that we posted on our Instagram, but there were so many people. I was so pleasantly surprised to see such support for our women in this final game that we were able to watch today. Yeah, there were a lot of people there and it was really fun. I think you could tell the intensity of the game with the crowd. You know, there was a lot of intensity in the crowd. 
And then, you know, with each moment, you heard a lot of, ah, and no, oh, we were yes, intense. And, yeah. Oh, and another thing, it was really neat. You could tell it was a big event because I don't know how many news stations did you count that were out there? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Trying to capture what, you know, is a once every four year event that was happening. And yeah, they definitely were were spotting us. I think our table yeah. definitely stood yeah, out. We got a lot of attention. We at got our table. interviewed by a couple different news agencies. We, did. we got we did. Channel 4, Channel 5, and NPR. They all came over and talked to the three of us. And that was a really cool experience for us. And I know we were saying to each other after, it's a really good thing we have this podcast because we were so prepped and well rehearsed. Yeah, we were very being well on live TV. Very ready for the questioning and answers. And, and especially because we pay so much attention and we're actually, you know, invested in the games, we knew. We had a lot of content to yeah, deliver Yeah, we were as able well. to pull out a lot of stats from, you know, leading up to this match that were very pertinent and a lot of stats during the game. So, you know, we tried to represent not just the U.S., but, you know, also LAFC. We plugged that very much. They asked us a lot of questions about, you know, how we were friends. And, of course, that all started with LAFC, and we were able to kind of put that out there. And it was just a really cool moment. And, you know, also shout out to... At Ted NBCLA, who we spent a lot of time talking with. From NBC. Yeah, Channel 4. Yeah, he was really nice. And he asked us a lot of really good questions and helped kind of prep us. And, and they had the cameras on us. I think we were... He was the first one, the first news uh, person that we saw that came up right up to us and said, I like this table. And I will say it's probably matching because outfits. the matching jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, all three of us are wearing our blue. We all had the red, jersey. white, and blue bandanas on too. So between us and the guys, it was just a fun atmosphere to be in. We, oh, we can't wait to get into this recap with you all. But before we get into the recap, we want to give a shout out to hashtag lunch bag. And what happened was as soon as this game ended, you know, Alex got on the microphone and he told everybody, stick around. We're going to make some lunches. We're going to make some sandwiches to be delivered to the homeless throughout Los Angeles. And it was incredible. We got there. We did over a thousand sandwiches. We actually ended up running out of bread, running out of. Yeah, we started doing lettuce wraps because we yeah. ran out of bread. And we then we like, ran oh, out we'll of do lettuce bags. Wraps. And we, I mean, we wanted to use all of that food, but it was really Absolutely. fun because it was like fun assembly line, you know, where everyone mm-hmm. had a part, everyone had a, a job and there were a lot of really good conversations happening. You got to know some different people that are also LEFC fans. One of the things that I thought was such a cute and endearing touch was on one side where we were doing our sandwich bags with the actual food they had the kids and their parents all drawing on the bags and saying stuff like you know with like inspiring messages or pictures or just hearts and sons it was just all very sweet to know that these bags are going to make their way to somebody who really needs them and they may see those inspiring messages and maybe have a smile on their face or and that might be a, a bright spot in their day or something that they really needed to see and hear and it was just a really sweet touch to see all those children's drawings on all those lunch bags and everything and it was just a really fun event there there was something that was really funny that happened at one point this lady went to go and take a picture of her table while they were bagging the lunches oh that's right and i heard yes i heard behind that was the table us, i was on yes i heard behind us everybody not booing but kind of groaning like oh no get and that phone out of here yeah the lady was taking a picture and she had like this little the, um, po- the pop socket yeah the little pop socket on the back of it that you could see and it was an la oh wait <clears throat> hold on Carson Galaxy pop socket on the back of her phone. It was the funniest thing because, I mean, there's no way to come back from that. I don't think she knew what to do. I think the biggest irony about that was 
prior to that happening, she had walked around. She was trying to find a spot and she was putting her gloves on and she was like, oh, oh no, I always, you know, I always do this. Um, there's too many volunteers. Like I can't find where I can fit in. And we were like, oh, go down to the end and do that. You know, like we all kind of had a, a spot and she was looking for a spot to fit in. So when that happened, I turned around and said, there's too many volunteers. You have to leave too many volunteers. You have to leave. <laughs> uh, no, it was, it was really funny though. You know, and at the end of the day, I mean, anybody that shows up despite Absolutely. what club they're part of or mm-hmm. anything that they support, the fact that they're there giving their time, volunteering to help for a bigger cause is always well appreciated. And the banter was fun. Yeah. And, and shout yeah. out John Thorrington who came through with his family too. That was a really exciting moment to see, you know, anytime you can stand side by side and shoulder to shoulder with John Thorrington and give back to the community in that way. It was just a really fun moment. And I know he spent a lot of his time bagging sandwiches with us, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really nice when you see the top level of any organization, but especially this organization that we're a part of coming and being side by side, like you said, shoulder to shoulder with the people that they're asking to give their time to for this organization. They say, you know what, I'm going to give my time as well. So I think that's always a really good sign of a good culture of an organization when when you see the the leader of that organization actually taking part as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you lead from the front. I mean, that's how good leaders always are. They lead by example, and that's exactly what we get with this club. So shout out to everybody that was out there today, all the volunteers, everybody that helped organize it. And I think it was a really successful event that I know all of us are very proud to be a part of. Yeah, and really excited for the rest of the month and what, uh, you know, the other community days that LAFC is organizing. And we'll see how those, you know, go and excited to participate. But without further ado, let's jump into this game recap. Of course, as you know, Women's World Cup final with the Netherlands taking on the United States, our defending champions, our girls in the red, white, and blue. Rapino was our captain for the match, and both teams lined up in a 4-3-3 formation with the U.S. kicking off first. We started out with some good, quick attacking by both teams, putting together some really nice plays with a quick pace, very tactical game again. And you can see us right away starting. We're playing that long ball coming down the wings. And the first one we send is we get Heath running right down the sideline with a long ball. But no result. But we're starting to look good. We're starting to put stuff together and starting to make attacks. We're starting to push. We're starting starting to push. push. Yep. And one thing I do want to point out is at this point, we're all sitting there and waiting. We know the first 12 minutes the U.S. might score. Because that's been our thing. But this is a final. This is going to be a different kind of game. You're going to come at it with a different energy. And you're also going to come at it with a different sort of tactical approach. So as much as we all wanted to see it, that wouldn't be the case. We did not score in the first 12 minutes. But but in the 10th minute, we saw our first yellow card. And that went to the Netherlands number 8 for a late slide on Lavelle. And from there, Heath lined up to actually take this direct free kick about 10 yards out of the 18-yard box. And it is cleared away by the Dutch defense. Takes us into the 12th minute. And that moved us quickly down into the 12th minute when Nair gives us a scare. A little bit of a scare. (laughs) Oh, man. Almost reminiscent of the game against... Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Last (laughs) night. I think that's why it gave us a scare. I think we saw last night. We all had a little bit of PTSD. Yeah. Felt a little deja vu coming. Thankfully, that's not what happened. Yeah, she came out to the top of the penalty area for a nice save and fortunately made the save. But in the 12th minute, as I said, the goal stat was over. We were no longer scoring in the first 12 minutes. We're running a lot of our plays down the wings, though, in this situation. And that changed a little later on in the game. 
But in the 16th through 17th minute, you saw the corner kick for U.S. and some great attacking drive. In the 23rd, we had another really good opportunity for the U.S. with a long ball into the box, but their keeper definitely put in the work today, and she made the good save. Yes, she did. But we were working her, too. I mean, she put in the work, and she had some really good saves, but we were forcing that work. Oh, absolutely. We were testing her left and right. Yeah, I felt like we were really chipping away at their goalie, meaning that at some point we knew we were going to punch one through. She was getting worked, and when you're hitting them so frequently towards their keeper, you know at some point she's going to get tired of diving and saving all those balls. And luckily for us, that's what happened eventually. Yeah, but... Eventually. <laughs> eventually, we'll but get there. first, we had another testy run by Nayer. She, in the 26, she had a great sliding tackle just outside of the box, and that's another one where you've got to commit, you've got to do it right. And it was good to see her be able to do it. But, you know, the heart palpitations, it wasn't. Right. It's another one of those that if you do it right, it's a beautiful play. But if you mess it up, then we're all going, what What made you do that? What a bad decision. Like, it's a really risky type of play. Yeah, we had a lot of good shots there in the first 30 minutes. And at the 30th minute, that actually led us to our first hydration break. And you have to remember, in France right now, it is H-O-T, hot, 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 with a little humidity thrown in there for a little extra love. It's actually pretty similar to East Coast weather right now. When I was in Kentucky, it was about the the temperatures that France was, about 90 and humid. Miami was the same when I was there last week. So it's it's sticky. It's icky. It's no good. It's yeah. air you can wear. That's what we call it in the Midwest. Oh. Yeah, it sounds as gross as it actually is. When Sorry. I went down south, uh, somebody described the weather to me as swampy. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> like just <laughs> gross and hot. But anyways, the hydration breaks. The threshold for extreme heat is set at 89.6 degrees Fahrenheit. And what happens is it's a combination of temperature, humidity, all the factors that go into it. And when that happens, once you hit a certain level, there is a rule that the players and the referees must stop for a hydration break. So we did get that in this game because it was H-O-T, hot, hot, hot. Moving on. And swamp, 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 swamp. Swamp, 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 swamp. swamp. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on into the 36th minute. We saw a foul on Morgan in the box, a shove to the back, but no call, no VAR review. And we wanted it. Like, I don't care if we win on PKs because they're fouling us in the box. I want to win. We wanted that. And no review. The French referees definitely missed, I think, a few calls in this game. And it's surprising to me that they didn't even look at it. Yeah. As many times as they've gone to VAR in this tournament, I can't believe they didn't go back and take a look at that because there was no play on the ball. It was a deliberate hit, a check to Morgan that took her to the ground and you know, you wonder, you know, those are crucial plays. And I think it was your dad sitting next to us. Oh, who my was dad just was. Like, he was so mad. He's like, if you can't call a foul in the box, what are you doing being a ref? You got to not be afraid to call those fouls in the box. <laughs> my oh, dad yeah. was very passionate. It was, it was fantastic sitting next to him because he's so, we, I, we know where Scarfette yeah. gets it from. She gets it honest, he, guys. Both of her parents are very knowledgeable, especially her dad in the sport. And it was really nice sitting next to them because... I could just listen and be like, yeah, that's, yes, that, what you said, what he said. I love my parents. They're (laughs) They're great. And and in this case, you know, I think he was very accurate. You know, at least take a look. Don't be afraid to call that foul in the box. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. that's what the rules are there for. Well, and especially like you said, we've had so much VAR in this tournament. You would think, why wouldn't they go to VAR? You expect it at this point. So when they don't, it's more surprising and more frustrating. Yeah, and that takes us into the 38th minute when we had some great shooting by the U.S. with Rapino to Morgan. 
but a lot of great keeper saves right on the line there. We really did play the 30th through the 40th minutes, not just in Netherlands half, but in their 18-yard box, in their penalty area. We spent a lot of that time right there deep in the attacking third. And in the 40th minute, we saw Morgan with a powerful shot, and we kept testing that Dutch keeper. Yeah, shout out to our defense in midfield again. I mean, we've talked about it throughout this tournament. I think our defense has been a much bigger powerhouse and strength for us than anyone expected. And so that right there, what you're talking about, those, what, 10 minutes you mm-hmm. said that we spent in their, in the 18, in the penalty area or the attacking area, that just shows you that our defense was holding that line really far up, really high to keep our offense going constantly, constantly, Absolutely. constantly. It starts in the back. It starts with where you're holding that line. Yeah, they definitely held the line very far forward, which was definitely to our advantage and kept us in there trying to make all those shots. We just kept pelting their keeper with them. So, Oh, yeah. And then in the 42nd minute, Dahl Camper earns a yellow card for a foul on the breakaway play. Just trying to really stop that. You know, when you hold the defense up so much, you're going to get some breakaway plays. And we did see that here, but I don't want to say professional foul. I mean, this is one of those times where... You know, in, in all sports, you think about sometimes it's better to foul I hate than that. to let them score, right? To let I them get break it. away. I hate it. I, I know. You hate <laughs> but it. But it's tactical. It's strategic. It, it's, it is. You know, it is part of the game is. where it's like, you know what? I'd rather foul right here mm-hmm. than, than let them get all the, the way down and concede a potential, you know, goal. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you screw up their momentum at that point, you know? You they're, do. they're driving forward. They've got it to their advantage. And that foul... It's worth it sometimes. I know you say you don't like it, but again, I also don't like it when we get scored on. So I just hey. don't like when people are mean. Stop fouling. <laughs> so you really didn't like the Spain game then? <laughs> no. Play nice. See, and I'm the opposite. I'm complete opposite. I grew up a hockey fan. I oh. want them getting aggressive. I want them going well, after each other. I but... <laughs> Okay, Scarfette, we can't be nice and aggressive at the same time. I want to win still. (laughs) Sometimes it gets a little dirty if you want to win, Scarfette. All right, all right. right. Well, speaking of this yellow card, of course, the restart is a direct free kick. And at this point, we see a little stat flash before our eyes, and that's both teams have scored seven goals off of set pieces in the World Cup, which is just kind of a fun thing to throw in there. Can you actually explain, Scarfette? I would love to get an explanation of what a set piece actually is. A set piece is any time there's a stoppage in play that would result with a direct free kick or an indirect free kick. So anytime the restart is something, or even a corner kick, it's anytime you restart play. So, okay, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, and this takes us into the 46th minute where we see a head-to-head injury and the medical staff is immediately called on to tend to O'Hara and Dutch's number. Oh, man, this was intense. Oh, yeah. And so this turns us to our next segment, Concussions with the Panda. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, yeah. Concussions, they're no good. Our resident nurse here going to talk to you guys real quick about concussions and you know, anytime you have a head-to-head injury in soccer, obviously there's concussion protocol and things like that come into play. And especially in today's day and age, you know, with CTE and all those things being a really big deal and at the forefront of everyone's minds, no pun intended, concussion protocol is taken incredibly seriously. And this was a bad head-to-head. And it turns out later we would not see O'Hara return for the second half. But right. we're seeing it across all sports. Yeah, no, I mean, and in the games like this, concussions are very rarely are they serious? Are they life threatening? Are there something that require immediate intervention? I mean, what concussions really are? I mean, basically, when you get hit in the head, you know, there's shaking of the head, the body, your brain actually can kind of like jostle around in there. And 
they just want to watch for, for certain symptoms. You know, you want to make sure. So there's not a whole lot that you can do immediately to treat them. It's all precautionary stuff. They just want to watch you for certain symptoms like, you know, headaches, confusion, lack of coordination. And in instances where you have concussions, especially on the field, when you're running around, you're, you know, playing with other people, you, you don't want any of those things to be present because they can affect you. They can affect the other players that you're playing with. Um, they can also cause nausea, vomiting, you know, you can get dizzy from them, you can get very sleepy. I know a good friend of ours, she fell and had a concussion after climbing, and it took her a good six months to really feel like back to herself. You know, she didn't have anything that, you know, required medical intervention, but she knocked her head just hard enough that you know, she was really kind of debilitated from working out and doing things that she loved because of the side effects and symptoms of having your brain kind of jostled around. So they take this all very seriously. It's very important to you know watch those. I mean, if there's ever anything more serious, if the head is knocked hard enough, obviously you can cause bleeding, and that's when things get very serious. That's when things can seem okay, and if you don't monitor these people, then something very serious can happen down the line. You can get brain bleeds, and, and ultimately you know they can be fatal if they're bad enough. So they never take these lightly. They always want to watch these guys and gals so that we can make sure that they're okay, that there's no residual effects from being knocked around in the head. And hopefully it's just a little bit of a contusion, you know, a little bump on the head like we've probably all had growing up and we don't have to worry about it any further. But we do want to know that it can be something serious. So as happens, anytime medical staff comes onto the field, both players stepped off and were waited to be called back on by our center ref. We had two minutes of stoppage time, and into the stoppage time, we saw the Dutch have a corner kick, and that ball got played around in the box with a lot of headers and volleys, and I know I was standing there like, can we just get halftime? Like, don't let them score on this. Don't let this be the time. And we got fortunate. We were able to finally clear that one away, and we went into the half. At the halftime, like I said, O'Hara was subbed out. We saw Krieger come in. And then in the 54th minute, Sauerbrunn goes in for a header and hits the back of the Netherlands player. And immediately you can see her calling for help. And, you know, the camera zooms in on her and, oh, my God, she's dripping blood. The whole place. This is one of those moments we talked about in the beginning when the whole place, the fields, everyone at the field suddenly goes, oh, yeah, because you've. Like you suddenly you feel it. it when you see that on the screen. You, you had it feel like it happened to you. Dripping down from, I think it was her right like eyebrow area down her nose to her chin. It was a brutal knock, and you know she obviously had to come out for that whenever you yep. have. Whenever you have blood, you have to make sure the bleeding is stopped before they're going to be allowed to come back on. Fortunately, they were able to get it under control quickly, and she was back in by the fifty seventh minute. In the 59th minute, Morgan is fouled in the box and we see a possible penalty VAR review. The ref originally calls this one for a corner kick and we were all pissed. Oh, yeah. Ah, if you saw this, you were just like, how in the world can you miss that? I, it was so blatantly obvious that her foot was in a spot that it shouldn't have been. And it no, totally impeded I think your dad's play. exact words were, how can you miss this? <laughs> exactly. I mean, Team Yellow today was uh, really fighting against us. Uh, was Team Yellow, times. Amy? Team Yellow is the refs, yes. as was explained to me today. Yeah, I'm glad you got on board with that as we as we yeah. said that during the game. Yeah, so I said, who? 
Who's Team Yellow? Who's Team Yellow? We're like, they're the rest, There's a team out there? Yes. The ones that are impeding a lot of the things we need. I know sports. (laughs) (laughs) So we see this foul on Morgan in the box. And and as we said, it goes to a VAR review. And we see the referee come back, point at that penalty spot. And we get a yellow card to Netherlands for the foul. And who lines up to take the kick? Oh, our captain, Megan Rapino. Yes, ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. Oh, She's done and it before. It. And you knew it. We all got the feeling. I think we all stood up. We knew yeah. how this was going to end. We were ready That's for it. That's how it solid was, she is. It was one of those moments where, you know, everyone's just like, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. We're ready. We're ready Let's to go. celebrate. Let's we go. were ready to celebrate. That is 100% true. I mean, we were standing up. We were there. We were ready. We had our positions held because we Arms knew. Arms around each other oh. like you would see from players when they're having a penalty shootout. You know, we're literally all standing there, arms around each other, just bracing ourselves, ready for it. And, of course, she buries it down the middle, catches the Netherlands keeper, just barely moving. She leaned a little and realized, I think, she'd overcommitted and was going the wrong way and didn't have time to self-correct so she just kind of froze but Rapino drove it home straight down the middle yeah I think if you are just watching the game and you're not you know able to slow it down or you're not as technical it looks like the keeper just stood there right yeah yeah but when you do slow it down you do look you see exactly what Scarfet just said you can tell she realizes she overcommitted the wrong way yeah, there's no coming back from that. that. I yeah. mean, there's there not, was nothing there, she could do. There's nothing you could do. I mean, I think some people instinctively are going that way and they just dive just to, you know, give it some effort, show that they're doing it. But in this moment, I think she was able to think about it for just a split second and knew she was wrong. And thankfully for us, it found the back of the net. Ooh, yeah. And we're up one to zero. Oh, oh yes. It's a beautiful thing having her back in the game. Thank you, Rapino, for getting healthy so quickly. This moved us into the 66th minute. And I know Scarf had said at one point like okay now let's not give one up right away like let's make sure we maintain this yes he did horrible jinxer oh fortunately thankfully not but fortunately not (laughs) but in the 66 you know we all had a little panic attack because netherlands was on the attack and we looked like we were having a lot of trouble clearing the ball out and then in the 69th minute we saw lavelle dribbling into the penalty area not giving up on the ball not passing and we all thought like what's she gonna do with it like and we've said this before, Lavelle has been hungry oh, and she's she incredibly talented. Killed it. She drove that ball home for a beautiful goal after she split the defenders, took on the keeper. It was incredible. We went wild. Oh, we went nuts because we've talked about it. Amanda, you've talked about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is something that I've been clamoring for in the last couple podcasts because you can see how passionate this little fireball is. She is not that big. If you've seen her, you know, on Instagram or or any of the video highlights, you can tell she is just a tiny little girl out there, but she is always running around. She kind of reminds me of our our Latif Blessing from time to time. Oh, yeah. Seeing her out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Running around. She's fast. She's powerful every time she kicks the ball she kicks it with such mustard as we like to say and I knew if she kept doing it and she was going to find the back of the net and and she did she was determined she was not going to pass that ball she took on everyone dribbled it straight down into the penalty area straight into the goal area and killed it smashed it home it was an amazing goal 
and we celebrated i think a little more than even yeah on we the might have celebrated goal. more than anyone else <laughs> i think i was celebrating for the u.s for lavelle for everybody at that point it wasn't just you know oh we're up well, one we nothing had just talked about i think scarfett you were the one who had mm-hmm. said we need an insurance goal here we need to score more we need to get ourselves in a better position because one to zero is not no. You're not there yet. You're not, not no. nothing. It's still wide open. It's still anybody's game. Not and at so, this level. I mean, it's right. the World Cup final. You can't Everyone's expect that a team yeah, is going to you know, not score, not at least try and try and try to score. So you knew they were going to be hungry and, and they were not going to be on the defensive. They were definitely going to be attacking. So we had to get up one more just to kind of hold that off for as long as we could if that were to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, I think this was Lavelle's first World Cup goal. It was. And how cool is it to be able to say that your first World Cup goal was in the World Cup final? Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't get played, much better than she has that. She's played a phenomenal series, a phenomenal tournament. Absolutely. You know, Shout I out Chipotle. She loves it, by the way. I don't know if you guys knew this, but. Oh, hey, fun she, facts with Panda. Yeah, she, she actually has like her own chipotle burrito named after her on her instagram because she eats it so much and gives the shout out to them they gave her her own chipotle burrito oh my god i love that yeah i know so cool well she plays she plays for the washington spirit we can ever catch one of those games it'd be really fun to watch her live i think we need to now just for her i i would agree i'll be there so this takes us of course into the 70th minute and heath has a shot after a defensive block and rapino follows up again but the Dutch are able to clear that ball out. We see then Morgan continuing the attack in the 72nd minute, and she dribbles in, but there's a good save by that keeper again, still testing her, still pushing her, still trying to make sure that we get as many on the board as we can. And you know Morgan was hungry for it. She wasn't oh, going to let... Oh, she was. Yeah, she... I don't think she wanted to go this game without a goal. Oh, I... I don't want to go. This I mean, game no one. Did. You're right. You're right. Yes. Good point. But touche. But what I mean is her personally. She, yeah. Personally. Yeah. I mean, think about the golden boot race that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. Think about, you know, she scored five goals in that first game and then didn't score for a while until this last game. I mean that she had some assists. So she was yeah. effective in her play. But for a center striker, I almost said center mid. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on your face. Don't mock me. For a striker in the center. Sorry, just kidding. Um, <laughs> now we're just mocking Panda. Stop mocking For a center, a striker right there in the middle who's usually on the attack at all times, that's what they're there to do is to mm-hmm. attack and to score. And but so- we've talked about this also. One of the things that Morgan is good at is the things she does when she doesn't have the ball. Players on other teams naturally gravitate towards and mark her and sometimes double team her. And... Her ability to draw players allows her teammates to score. I mean, she's the reason that we had that first goal. She got the penalty that mm-hmm. gave Rapino the kick. I mean, I think that if we go back, we, I, I'm trying to remember, but if we go back, I, a lot of these penalty kicks probably came off penalties off of her. You're right. She's drawing them in. She's getting those penalty calls that give us an opportunity to score goals and have more offensive play. Yeah, and right after this play, we had the Netherlands with a few substitutions, getting some fresh legs in there for the final 15 minutes of the match. And that's just enough time for those fresh legs to be able to have an impact. And it's just the right timing. This is the time, usually about the 65th to the 80th is when you're going to see second half subs come in. And it's just a tactical sub. And they're trying to get those fresh legs. They're trying to make the good attack in the last few minutes to try and bring it back and potentially win. 
Fortunately for us, <laughs> Dunn had the same thing in her mind. Our defense, yeah. Dunn, tried for a goal in a one-on-one with the keeper after beating the defense. It was great, and we she actually got the corner kick. The keeper conceded the corner kick. It felt pretty good to see our defense get one, like a nice yep. little shot in there too. You know, I think we, we've we heard maybe the guys talk about this. We may have talked about it where it's really awesome to see a defensive player be able to drive that ball all the way up the field. It shows you the confidence that they have in the rest of their team to drop back to and cover protect them. them and cover them so that they can drive it all the way up. Absolutely. And then in the 77th minute, we saw the Netherlands with a shot that was almost deflected in. Thank God for Nair. Oh my gosh, she's been so on fire. (laughs) She has been incredible this tournament. I think between her and Lavelle, I think we've got our two that we enjoyed watching most this tournament. And and what's so great about that, think about that, it's so great for the future of our World Cup. Lavelle is young. This is her first World Cup. Nair, this is her second World Cup, but it's her first to actually start. So, I mean, this just means we're just going to continue. We're going to see a lot from those two in the future. I can guarantee you that. And this takes us into the 79th minute when Rapino was subbed out. For press. For Kristen press. press. And Morgan took on that captain's armband. Captain Very- Morgan. Captain Morgan. <laughs> At the ready. <laughs> so we've got honest. press coming in. And this is, of course, a very offensive, again, decision. Press is going to go out there and she's going to continue to press. And hopefully, you know, we even see her trying to get a few goals, too, in, that, in those last few minutes. Once again, watching at the fields and a fun, interesting stat pops up for us. And it tells us that Rapino is the oldest player to score in a World Cup final. At yeah, the I don't like this stat. Young age of 34. <laughs> <laughs> oldest player to score at 34. Yeah, I suddenly, I suddenly feel really very old. old. <laughs> I still have time. I suddenly feel like I <laughs> need a nap. has got plenty of time. She's got a roadmap to her future. Amanda and, and I, I think, are already at retirement age. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to go home and take a nap, guys. <laughs> I think I was almost napping when you guys were setting up. I know Philly almost, crashed on I think you were no, napping. No, you were. <laughs> no, Philly was napping. I was just giggling in my coffee fit. <laughs> yes. Yes, you were. I'm glad we have you back somewhat. I'm slightly alive now, but that... <laughs> is beside the point we're all riding high today celebrating this incredible victory in the 80th minute the netherlands number eight has a direct free kick and this is a great shot on goal again and another good save by nayer in the 83rd minute we countered morgan had a great shot but she should have passed yeah i think it goes back to that hunger i think she started she wanted it too bad and press was wide open on the side if she had just looked to her right, she would have seen Kristen Press standing there at the ready who had made the run with her, and that would have been a goal. No one was on press. No doubt that was a goal. Yeah, that was a goal. If that was, if that was passed over. It's just like one more, guys. I know. Just I know. You can't blame more. her, but at the same time, it's, you know, well, when you're... Well, she's not the only one that did it, because then in the 84th yeah, minute, right. we oh. saw Tobin Heath take too many touches and misses the shot opportunity, but Press manages to still get one off in the rebound, but still, like, we saw... Just twice now in a row that too many touches, not taking the shot when you had the chance. And then Heath did it again. She dribbled, took too many touches, and didn't take the shot. And that was actually... And times, I know at least one of them, where she had one defender on her. And and then by the time she's like, boop, 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 doing the dancing. This is actually in college football, in American football. I cannot stand when running backs dance. When they go side to side and they start dancing and dancing to try to get down the field. I don't like that style of play. I like the running backs that are pushing up. This is so over my head. I don't watch any 
American football. <laughs> I'm looking at her with these wide eyes. I don't understand what. <laughs> but it goes, but it's a, so I'll take it back. I'll, I'll bring it back to world football level soccer, <laughs> as we call it here in America. Sorry. I'll bring it back to that. Yeah, this, it drives me absolutely insane when I see this sort of dancing, this like, like you're trying to have a dance off, like just shoot the ball. Oh, That's okay. Our favorite. I, I know what you're talking about now, like the little ching ching. When running backs go side to side. You guys are trying to this jig is a not a video yeah. podcast. This but- is- <laughs> Not on YouTube yet. I will say, I I agree with you. I know so many times we were yelling, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. But man, I'm going to go back to the LAFC game against Vancouver that we played last night. There was that one moment where Carlos Vela was at the top of the box and he did exactly that. He did this little dance, 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 shook him off him. And then all of a sudden he went around and passed it. So, but we were also up. Were we up six to one at this point? Five to one? Oh, I don't. I didn't know if it mattered how much we were up. I'm just <laughs> yes. saying. I, I think it does. Well, but I point, but I understand your. I think he still would have done do that, that regardless because he does it all the time. There's a strategy for sure around to when catch you've got the leaning. footwork, when you've got the ability to control the ball. I don't think Tobin Heath the way has that it. some of the players do, and and I, 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 don't, I don't think Tobin Heath did. Yeah, it, I don't it, either. Not she, that moment, especially she loses the ball way too many times when she does that. Where if she would just shoot the ball, even if she misses, mm-hmm. there might be a good chance that we could get a rebound off that and create some different plays. But like you said, standing around dancing with the ball in the box doing nothing with it allowing all the defense to come on down and surround her when she was just one-on-one a few seconds earlier you lose chances that way so yeah you're absolutely right I just wanted to reference Carlos yeah Vela you just his little also <laughs> lose minutes off the clock which was a good thing for us because that took us to the 87th minute when Tobin Heath was actually subbed out and we saw Carly Lloyd come in for her and then five excruciating painful minutes of stoppage yes. time Oh, man. Lloyd did the same thing, though, as soon as she came in. And she dribbled. She doesn't shoot. And I think at this point, at this and point, maybe we're this is what time was a trying bit. to do, but it just didn't seem that way. I think at this point, but we for were Lloyd taking, to do it, it's killing time. Yeah, we took a lot of close corners. We were trying to run down that clock in the 95th. It would be the final shot of the match coming to us from our Captain Morgan. And that would be all. Nair gets the shutout. Woo! The shutout for the World Women's Cup World Cup final. final. They are champions. And you saw about 45 seconds before the final whistle, you saw our bench file down the stairs and go they were stand, coming down. getting ready to run out there and celebrate. And I know a lot of cameras went on to Rapino because she's got some tears in her eyes. Like it was an incredible goosebump moment. And we all did it too. We all stood and waited and waited for that final whistle. And when it came, I don't think we could have been any happier. Not at all. I mean, it was a fantastic way to start the morning. It was fantastic. Oh, that you know, was to have this literally just win. this morning. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was before 10 yes, a.m. <laughs> I have no idea what day it is, guys. I'm just going to throw that out there. But it was a fantastic moment. We were all so excited. Those girls have worked so hard. They've worked their butts off to get here. They've withstood a lot of criticism and a lot of negativity in the news that, frankly, it's just uncalled for. We need to be celebrating these girls for their abilities and their play on the pitch that they put out. It was obviously top-notch because they came away with the trophy this time. Back-to-back championships. Yep. Yes. So we were all... Thoroughly excited, although it is a little bittersweet because you know what this means, ladies. This is our final. This is our final episode together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, for is, now. For yeah. now. Until for we come now. up with a new one, which I'm sure we will. But we'll come up with a reason to do more. Yeah. <laughs> but for this <laughs> World Cup segment, 
was our last podcast with you yeah. guys and we've had a lot of fun oh absolutely. oh my gosh I've had a blast this has been absolutely the best time to get to be on this and to get to nerd out with Scarfette and hey. then throw in the that's what she says with Panda <laughs> and go back and forth and be a part of this we have a really good energy and I think we've had a lot of fun we have a good friendship yeah, I mean, we're sitting here right now in your living room and we are actually getting ready to watch the men's Gold Cup final. That's going to be happening amazing, tonight. It's yeah. going to be an amazing 24 hours of soccer. Yeah, oh we get God, to watch the gosh. U.S. men yes. take on Mexico. So exciting. It's so exciting to see our men, and especially because we have two players from LAFC on mm-hmm. the team. Yes. Um, it's really fun to watch Pulisic as well. So I think it's it's really fun. And, and It's going to be a fun night. And mm-hmm. like I said last, our last podcast, this For is now. actually a house divided. Oh, yeah. We Yours are is, not yeah. all going to be going for the U.S. as win tonight are we Amy no I don't think so I think we've got a little little Mexico fan here yeah and I'm sure a lot of people listening are are divided as well so that's what makes this so much fun is we're gonna have a whole lot of people out there cheering for two different teams we're gonna be cooking some hamburgers and some tacos tonight we're gonna be celebrating it right I can't wait for tonight's game as well because I'm still riding a high from this morning's game and, and last from last night. night's game. Oh my gosh, yeah. Between all the soccer. We've seen some really good I don't good even soccer. know what to do. It's been yeah. an incredible I 24 hours. I can't wait hours. for tonight. 48 I mean, our, hours? How long is this? 20, I don't know. 48 hours 36? is two days. Maybe let's split it in the middle and say 36. <laughs> let's do some math. Do some math. 36 <laughs> hours. Let's go with that. All with about four hours of sleep in all of us. So here yep. we are. <laughs> maybe maybe combined. I don't know. Four hours combined. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little more used to it than you guys, I think, because I have a, a child. I'm no, a little used I, I like to my running hours. On, on little sleep. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited for tonight because Mexico is really good. And our U.S. men's team is looking really, really good. good. Yes, and yeah. I think they really just kind of want to redeem their image, you know, from that whole last World Cup issues that had occurred. <laughs> we're trying not to talk about. You mean and how they didn't make it? Yeah, yeah, I would call that an issue, but anyway. small issue. Moving anyway, on, we live in it. And the winning women it, won. winning it again. Of course, like we said, congratulations to. Everyone on the team, everyone who supports the team, congratulations from our family to yours. This is an incredible win for us and for the U.S. women's national team. And this actually doesn't have to be all you watch of our women. There is something really exciting that has happened. ESPN is actually going to be covering the NWSL. They're going to be showing 11 regular season games as well as the entire postseason run. And all 23 of the girls on the women's national team play in the NWSL and soon putting it out there into the universe soon yes. LAFC will have one too yes it absolutely. has to happen ladies and it gentlemen has to. it has to how and can we not have one so yes. on Sunday July 14th at 3 p.m eastern that is noon pacific the Portland Thorns are going to take on Orlando Pride so don't miss it definitely we, watch this game we have seen we, the portland thorns yes. play we got the opportunity to see them play in they person. are good they are really good and they this are was legit. actually without some of the players that are going to be coming back oh, um yeah. mm-hmm. and the orlando pride if if you don't mm-hmm. know that's where alex morgan plays yep so exactly. it's going to be a it's good gonna match a we're going to see some of the girls now starting to go head to head again you know it's just like with the men's team we go we play for our country we come home and we play for our team club and country that's right. So. I think the other thing that, uh, Scarfette, you were talking about is that Nike has actually re-upped its deal with the mm-hmm. NWSL. Which is very exciting. I know we've got a fun stat on that. 
Yeah, and speaking of Nike, a really fun stat came out as well this past week. The USA Women's Home Jersey, which is the red one, is now the number one soccer jersey, men's or women, that was ever sold on Nike.com in one season. Love it. I love seeing that jersey everywhere. Oh, my God, yes. It's a beautiful jersey, and it's amazing. And, you know, the problem is they're going to have – to up that when we get the fourth star Ooh, and everyone's yeah. gonna go we gotta that. get a new one gotta get a new jersey you especially panda i know how your husband collects them yeah please let's add one more jersey <laughs> you to have it. a jersey closet you'll be fine <laughs> uh, do you really I have, have more, a jersey closet i have more jerseys than i, don't I think have actual she actually has a jersey well philly has a jersey closet yeah we philly also more. has four of the same pairs of shoes that is true. I haven't figured out what the difference in those four brown we pairs of shoes We can post that on are. Instagram, spot the difference. Yeah, if anybody can point that out, let us know. That'd be great. You could fill me in so I don't give them crap about it anymore. <laughs> I don't think we can say crap on this. Crap. But like we said, really exciting moment. Can't wait to see that jersey come out with the four stars. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be incredible. Very proud of our women. And hopefully tonight we get something, at, some good action in there for our men. So, yeah, we want to thank you all one last time before we sign off here and just say, you know, we really appreciate you listening to our recaps of the Women's World Cup. It has been such a fun time. We really enjoyed it. If you have any feedback, be sure to hit us up on Instagram at Defenders of the Bank, on Twitter, Defend the Bank, or on Facebook at Defenders of the Bank as well. We'd love to hear from you. If you want more from the ladies or Defenderettes, let us know. We if are you ready don't want to more, don't tell us. If you don't want more... <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just leave that out of there just, just don't tell us that <laughs> so on thank that you note, guys so much for listening and of course the way we sign off and this time for our final episode covering the women's world cup champions of the world thank you so much for listening bye bye <laughs>